there was a conversation between President Biden and President Xi of China. It was virtual. It lasted three and a half hours with a break in between. It featured three main topics, human rights, climate change, Taiwan. All right. So she actually threatened Biden, saying, quote, the USA would be playing with fire, unquote, if it encouraged Taiwan to seek independence, which is not what the USA is doing, but playing with fire is a threat. So that was an interesting exchange. Now, how these things work is they sit down, they got big screens and their advisors are all around and they chat. But after 20 minutes, the transcripts stop. Okay, they give you a little flavor and then boom, they're out of there. Constructive, I mean, you got to engage Russia and China. You have to. Even if you don't like them, you can't just be pricking them like this because that's bad for everybody. So I've been trying to get this next guest on for a while. He's a very busy guy, but he is the best expert, in my opinion, on China in the United States of America. However, I might be a little prejudiced because he was the dean at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government when I matriculated there. I think that's what I did there, Dean. Didn't I matriculate there? You, you did, but you also graduated, yes. <laughs> I know. I, I, gradu- I think you guys really rue the day you Matriculates ever coming me. in and graduates going out, yeah. You rue the day you accepted me, though. Um, Not at all. So uh, the dean wrote a book, which I read, called Destined for War. It's out in 2017, but certainly uh, worth ordering on Amazon. And he knows without prejudice, which means he's not coming at it from a left-wing or a right-wing point of view, he knows the danger that China poses. So up front, Dean, how intense is that danger right now? Well, three or four points, and then uh, first, If there were a war, a full-scale war between the U.S. and China, we could each be destroyed. All of Cambridge, all of New York, all of D.C. So we living with a China like we learned to live with the Soviet Union, where Ronald Reagan rightly said, a nuclear war cannot be won uh, and therefore must never be fought. So that's part one. Point two, Taiwan, from the perspective of China, is an inseparable part of China. Uh, There are things for which nations will go to war if required. When the South tried to declare independence from the US, uh, the country, Washington went to war with the Southern states. China believes Taiwan is an integral part of China. China has a no succession law. So if Taiwan were to take an unalterable, unambiguous step, that made it independent, I think it's almost certain that China would go to war to prevent that happening. Three, if the U.S. came to the defense of Taiwan today, given the military balance of power in the region that's developed in the last 20 years, in in that conflict over Taiwan, we would likely lose. So that's all very ugly. Uh, The good news is that China still remains committed to a to the to the peaceful reunification they call it and they have a lot of other things on their agenda so i don't think it's likely that china moves out of the blue 
to take military action against Taiwan anytime soon, but I can certainly imagine some event or incident or accident, maybe some provocative uh, action, extremely provocative by Taiwan, that she would feel like he had to respond to, and that could ultimately lead to a war between the U.S. and China. All right. I don't think that uh, Taipei is going to do that. I've been there. Um, they just want to be left alone to make money. And okay. they know that if they saber rattle toward Beijing, it ain't going to work for them. Now, there is a difference. That's good news. That's good right. news. Yeah. And, and, and I believe that holds. Now, there is a big difference between the presentations of Donald Trump and of Joe Biden. My opinion, I could be wrong, is that Biden is perceived to be much weaker than Mr. Trump by Putin and by Xi. What do you think? Well, it's a good question. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, I think both Xi and Putin believed that Trump was not going to get in a war if he could conceivably avoid it. Uh, I remember a Chinese colleague once saying to me, Trump is the most trigger shy president that the U.S. has seen in recent years. So while Trump had a lot of uh, bluster in his uh, on, uh, threats, uh, when you look at the instances he had an opportunity to attack or not to attack, he mainly decided not. So there's a there's a question mark there. On on Biden, <clears throat> again, Biden has made very clear that he's interested in trying to rebuild America, not to engage in foreign uh, adventures, and that very dramatically in Afghanistan. So I would agree that as Putin and she assess the situation, they would think he would also be extremely reluctant to go to war over Latvia if it was in, or Ukraine for Russia, or even over Taiwan. And I think what both of them assess is that correctly, in my view, that the American public is tired of endless, windless wars and has a lot to do here at home. So I think, again, unfortunately, that makes it more dangerous in that they may think they can do things that right. they could get away with. Yeah, and the different, the I think difference they may was, miss the fact that the U.S. ends up responding in ways that would surprise them. Yeah. The difference with Trump and, uh, and uh, Biden is that Trump took stuff personally. And he, yeah. he would say, I'm not going to let this happen on my watch. So they knew that. Uh, and that'll be, I, I don't know whether you know it or not, but I'm doing four history shows with former President Trump in December. Oh. And that is going to be uh, one of the, you know, I'm going to try to get across to the mass of audiences in the arenas where we are, that even though he didn't, and you're absolutely correct, he did not want Trump, any of this conflict. If you crossed him, you were in trouble. Now, this global warming thing is huge in America in the age of political correctness and all that. I think it's a big con because I don't think China has any interest in fighting climate change at all. Am I wrong? Well, uh, again, if, if, if you're doing it in completely uh, one-liners, you're closer to right than wrong, I'm afraid, in my personal view. I think the uh, reality is that China is put more greenhouse gases into the air than the 
any decline in U.S. or European emissions that have occurred since we started talking about having limits on, on, uh, on emissions. The reason why is that emissions are essentially a function of economic growth. China is the fastest growing big economy in the world. China has installed three times as much green energy production as the U.S. in the period since the, the first, the, uh, you know, the first uh, Paris Accord, but it's also using more energy than anybody else. So as a result, it produces about twice as much greenhouse gases as the U.S. And if you take a person like uh, Xi and you ask him, well, would you rather uh, burn coal uh, that'll produce emissions or have your citizens be cold in the winter, he says, wait a minute, that's not a hard choice for himself. So China is trying to build and burn all the hydrocarbons it can, and actually finds it interesting that the U.S. is withholding or discouraging production of hydrocarbons, oil and gas and coal, uh, uh, and then not quite noticing that the price of the, all these items go up. They, so they I notice, but they regard it, us as yeah, it's a matter of political will. So China's economy yeah. is ascending. The United States economy, uh, if it continues along, attack the fossil fuel industry will get hurt. But the logical point is, if India and China are not going to cooperate in tamping down emissions, no matter what Europe and the USA do, it's not going to matter. Am right. I wrong? It's a, it's a point. No, the point that most people don't get. So we are, it's, it's all like we were all in one bathtub. And excuse for my analogy, but suppose, uh, you know, you're trying to res restrain your uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, leaking of uh, urine and manage to do so for the most part. But I continue to pee in the bathtub. We're all in the same bathtub, so it doesn't make any difference. We live in an enclosed biosphere. So if China continues emitting greenhouse gases on its current trajectory and the U.S. goes to zero, you only extend by a few years the point at which you reach the threshold that people say would create a 1.5 C uh, increase in, uh, in the you know, heat of the yeah, climate. Temperature I'm not sure even about all those calculations, but the logic of your point is exactly right, that this is a situation where I've described it as almost as if we were inseparable conjoined Siamese twins, in which if one of the party just by itself can make the thing impossible. So unless we can find a way to do this cooperatively. I don't know how you find that way. No because the Chinese, as you just put it, the China, she doesn't have any interest in this at all. Final question. What the Chinese did to Hong Kong was totally unnecessary, in my opinion. All right, and correct me if I'm wrong. Hong Kong was functioning as a vibrant democracy, a center of capitalism. They brought a lot of currency into China when the two um, basically collaborated. China, for no reason at all, went in to try to squelch the freedom that Hong Kong had. And that sends a message to me like, these people are fanatics. I mean, they don't care about human rights. They don't care about freedom. They don't care about anything but money and power. And that's disturbing. Is there another aspect to this that I'm missing? Well, I think uh, 
I mean, I thought that letting the Hong Kong experiment run, which some Chinese described as uh, democracy or you know, capitalism with Chinese characteristics was a good idea. Hong Kong is one of the miracles of the world the last 20 years. A vibrant, lively, a fascinating uh, 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 city-state. Uh, it was also uh, seeing a number of uh, a number of the pop some oh five percent maybe two percent of the population wanting greater political rights, including democratization and even independence from China. Uh, China made it clear from its perspective, Hong Kong is part of China. Hong Kong is going to live under China rules, and they believe they can uh, control China. Sorry, control Hong Kong, govern it under China rules, and keep it uh, vibrant economically. That's going to be the test. But so far, so far, it looks like they may win this game. Yeah, but no democracy in China. You better not open your mouth. You wind no. up in uh, some gulag someplace. Hey, exactly. Dean, we really appreciate it. Uh, say hello to maybe my six fans in uh, Cambridge. <laughs> exactly. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Cambridge sometime. Good. Listen, I'll come on up and we'll uh, we'll cause some trouble. And we really appreciate you coming on tonight. All right, that's uh, Thank Graham you. Allison, who knows more about China than anybody. So everybody knows that Virginia, and that was a tough one, um, went Republican for the governor's seat. And most sane people, honest people, said that was a setback for the Biden administration, but not Rachel Maddow. Go. But rationally, <laughs> I mean, big picture, you'd rather be the party of Joe Biden than the party of Donald Trump right now. First of all, the Democrats are doing fine in the elections that have happened since Biden's been president. I mean, look at all the headlines today in the Beltway Press. You'd never know it, but they're actually beating the historical odds in terms of how things have panned out. No, they're not. <laughs> it's just, all right, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Let's go to uh, Doug Schoen, joining us from New York City. He's a Democratic political strategist. He has a new book that you guys should check out. America, Unite or Die, How to Save Our Democracy. It's out in Kindle now. It's going to be out in hardback November 18th. Doug ran into the same problems I ran into with killing the killers. My book had to be delayed until next year because we couldn't get the supply from the warehouses. Drive me crazy. And Doug got caught up in that, too. I uh, know it's awful. You work hard, you put out a good book and then they can't get it out. So when you hear somebody like Matt, I was obviously you know, has a vested financial interest in propping up the left. That, that's what she, why she's doing it. Does that hurt the Democratic Party, what she does? Bill, most assuredly, it does hurt the Democrats. The party is way out of step with the country. It has gone far left. It is kowtowed to the progressives. And the defeat on Tuesday was not just in... Virginia, it was across America in local elections from New York to California. New Jersey was an outlier, but still the swing against Phil Murphy was 12 or 13 points uh, in the direction of the Republicans. 
the Senate president there lost uh, spending a million dollars to a truck driver for Raymore and Flanagan, who ran virtually no campaign. Bill, Joe Biden is in huge trouble. Everything you've said today is absolutely correct and on the money. So the party chieftains, the Democratic National Committee, Schumer, Pelosi, Klain, um, Susan Rice, did they know this? Because they're not getting paid like Maddow is to spout that nonsense. Do they know it? They know it, but they have problems. The problems are, first, the pressure of the left, the squad, the progressive forces in the party makes it hard for the party to move back to the center. Schumer has a particular problem. He's facing a potential primary from AOC. So he's afraid to take them on. He's been largely MIA in these negotiations. He's certainly no ally of Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, the only two forces keeping the party from oblivion with their multi-trillion dollar spending initiative, which hasn't been passed. And the rest of the leadership, you know, they probably understand this. Uh, Klain, I know well, very smart guy, but not somebody ready to take on the establishment. So bottom line, I don't see anyone in the Democratic Party who's prepared to take on the organized left and to say enough is enough. We need to do a mid-course correction. I, I have an opinion on this, but first I want to hear yours. Sure. How did the far left take over the Democratic Party? They've done it two or three ways. Through primary elections, through ideological, what I would call pressure. You could use stronger language. They threaten people. They uh, attack people. And they make it very clear that if you don't do their bidding, they will do things like, say, until Friday, they wouldn't vote for the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is as close in politics as you get to apple pie. So we have a far left that is effectively seeking to be to have dictatorial control over the party. You have very few moderates like me left and you have no presidential leadership no leadership in the Senate or House to push back. Okay, but the media component here is strong, I believe. Oh, so absolutely. The, you are correct. Right. If the media yes. attacked the far left and said what is absolutely true, that they're damaging the country, just the open border, there's no yes. way that helps America. No way at all. Okay? But the media, for some reason, all right, enables the far left, supports it, and encourages it. And you see the choice of, you know, hosts on these different shows. Disney's involved, Comcast is involved, uh, all these big mega corporations. So the letters I get, Doug, are why would these corporations want to tear down the fabric of America, both economic and social? Why would they want to do that? First and foremost, they are afraid of the left. They are afraid that they are going to be labeled as, quote, racist for not supporting things like open borders. That there's a simple way to proceed on immigration, which the Democrats will not, not take, which is to push for 
tighter border enforcement and a pathway to citizenship. Do a compromise. It's done in 2013. It is the furthest thing from my party's agenda now that you can imagine. And major corporations are afraid of being canceled by the left. And a lot of the reporters, a lot of the on-air talent are on the left and refuse to recognize, as you do, Bill, reality as we know it. What role does social media play in this far-left juggernaut? They control social media in a way that is very hard to overestimate. AOC, the squad, the left, younger progressive bloggers attack and attack and attack anyone who doesn't hew to their political line. So if you're a politician, even if a majority doesn't support ridiculous policies like open borders, you face the level of criticism that many face and many politicians don't like it. They don't want it. So if they don't like it and they don't want it, they just cower. And between a far left media that you're right to point about, far left parties, activists and contributors who are far left, there is no voice for rationality left in my party that I can find. Okay, so I said that independents are the future that will decide who rules the country. Independents are breaking against Joe Biden big now. And, mm-hmm. you know, once you break against somebody, and you saw it with Trump, once you break against somebody, hard to come back. So these progressives, I guess they feel they have a year left. That's it to do with all the destruction they can do. I, I think that's right. The other thing is they have a theory of the case, Bill, which I certainly don't believe, and I'm not even sure most of them believe it, but their view is, well, we've got to get things done. And if we pass the you know, $1.85 trillion uh, social spending bill, which is really three and a half to four trillion when you add it up, we will prove to the American people that we can get things done that are popular. That's their narrative. Now, it isn't true. I think it will increase inflation, increase taxation, and increase the route in 2022 and beyond. But that's what the progressives tell each other, and that's what they tell the party leadership. Now, Americans of all um, parties believe that Joe Biden is performing worse than they thought he was going to perform. Are you one of those Americans? Most assuredly, yes. I as you kindly pointed out, Bill, have a book coming out called Unity or Die. Joe Biden ran on a platform of unity. He is governed with um, his very narrow majorities as the sole basis of how he is seeking to proceed with the most dramatic and transformational agenda in my lifetime. It is contrary to how he ran, contrary to how the American people want him to govern, And he has produced no real and meaningful results. So, yes, I am one of those who's very disappointed. And I don't see anything that is likely in the near term or longer term to change that assessment. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, 
the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Do you think he knows how much trouble he's in? Hard to know what he knows and when he knows it, Bill. But I think his staff knows it. Ron Klain knows it. But I don't believe they have either the political will or the political ability or the agenda to do what we did with Bill Clinton after the drubbing he took after health care in 1994 and move back to the center and support a balanced budget, reducing the debt, the deficit, welfare reform, the crime bill and the like. Final question. Joe Biden is, is far more liberal than Barack Obama was, at least in governance. Um, do you believe Obama has is talking to Biden and CF sway there? My sense of it is that all of the people working in high level jobs for President Biden have in one way or another ties close or more distant to Obama and the Obama administration. So I would be very surprised to answer your question directly if Joe Biden was not talking and his top team talking to President Obama all the time. But, but, but Obama wouldn't do the open border things. In fact, his administration deported more migrants than any other administration, including Trump. He wouldn't do I, it. I, I understand that that was then, this is now. I don't think Obama's ready to stand up and decry a policy that I agree with you is calamitous for our country and for our future. All right. Doug Schoen, the book is Unite or Die, How to Save Democracy. And it's out in Kindle now. It'll be out in hardback on the 18th. And uh, I'm going to read it. So I hope you do, too. Thanks, Doug. We really Thank appreciate you, so much, you helping Bill. us out. Sure. OK, let's get to the Durham investigation. So wrote a column entitled Corruption. I hope you've read it. If you're not, it's posted on BillOReilly.com. And I lay out what I think happened based on the facts. And nobody has challenged the facts. So Durham started his investigation on October 19, 2020. So now it's two years plus. All right, he was appointed by Attorney General Barr after it was clear that Mueller couldn't find his whatever in whatever. Okay, so Barr put Durham in charge. Very slow going, very slow. Everybody, including President Trump, thought there'd be something out by the election. No, but now it's starting to come out. So there have been three arrests. Michael Sussman, charged of lying to the FBI. Sussman is a lawyer 
who was working for uh, the Clinton campaign. Okay. The second one uh, is Kevin Kleinsmith, another lawyer, worked for the FBI. He's charged of making a false statement, trying to get a warrant. And the third one is the Russian who was arrested this week, Igor Denchenko, who is linked to Hillary Clinton's campaign through a top advisor named Charles Dolan. So Danchenko is charged with false statements to FBI agents. So he, they've got three. But where does it go from now? So our go-to guy in the Durham investigation other federal matters is Brett Tomlin, joining us from Salt Lake City. So I have a simple question because I'm a simple man, as you well know. What do you think happened here? So we're starting to see, I'll tell you what I, what I think happened. I think you have individuals at the highest level in the Clinton campaign and uh, you have, you know, the lawyer that represents them. You have individuals that are connected, you know, Washington DC is a, is all about your connections. And I think they hatched a plan and that was to eliminate an up and coming candidate and to do so in a way that would, would basically, in essence, obliterate any chances of getting into the Oval Office. And so you see now Durham starting to uncover the layers um, that have occurred. But, you know, Bill, keep in mind, this, this investigation, I think, was probably pretty stagnant until uh, John Ratcliffe, the then Director of National Security, released thousands of documents, many of which were declassified, and he gave them to Durham. And he gave them to Durham, and that's when I think he's finally started to uncover the lies and the deception, and their angle was to re-interview a lot of individuals that were, that were involved in, the, in the, uh, you know, the Russian conspiracy theory, and to catch them in lies and they weren't able to do that until they had those documents from John Radcliffe. Okay, so the new documents they had, they could match up to what the people were saying to the FBI in interviews. And it's a federal crime to lie. So you got three fairly low level people here. And it looks like, and I said this in my column, that the Clinton campaign concocted and financed this entire Russian collusion myth with the help of the media. The media wanted to believe it and then ran wild with it without investigating anything. That's what I think happened. So then where do we go from here? Well, I think you're spot on. And remember, the FBI is also part of that. At the highest level, they knew they had Comey. They knew they had individuals that would, would give the benefit of the doubt, even when they, they, <clears throat> the documents that Radcliffe turned over clearly indicated that the intelligence community did not buy some of the uh, accusations and, and the, you know, what they were being fed. But setting that aside, where do we go now? There are thousands of documents that have not been declassified that Durham has right now that he is going through. At some point, I hope they will be de declassified. According to even you know those that are in Department of Justice, John Ratcliffe has even said so publicly, they believe there will be a number of, of other indictments to come as a result of the information that they do have. Now, John Ratcliffe has been very clear to say, 
<clears throat> he thinks like you, it goes all the way to the top. Hillary Clinton paid for it. They knew that it was going to happen. So the question is, how much will they be able to uncover and how high will it go? But you identified correctly, these are lower levels. And the reason he charged them first is to apply that pressure to get them to talk about others. Is it possible that Hillary Clinton didn't know the specifics of this and was being told, hey, this is true. Trump colluded with the Russians and we have to get it out. Is that possible? It is possible. It's possible that her handlers were going to keep her in the dark in terms of what the plan was and just indicate to her that they were going to go with a, you know, a, a, a company like Fusion GPS that does opposition research. Um, and she authorized it. Now, that's possible. Why, why that's not been um, believable is the level of in, uh, involvement that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton have shown historically, and the individual like Charles Dolan had access um, to both of them was very close in both of those campaigns with Bill and Hillary. Okay, so I, I don't believe they're going to get Hillary Clinton. She, she skated on uh, Whitewater. She skated on Libya. She skated on her server, her, which she destroyed government property as Secretary of State. And you would have to have somebody testify that he or she told Hillary Clinton, this is fabricated, it's not true, should we go ahead? That's what That's it right. would take. I'm not sure. That, yeah, you're exactly right, Bill. It, it, it would take somebody that has very good evidence that she knew and she went forward anyway. And, and it would take someone like, you know, at the, at the highest levels in her campaign that had credibility that could articulate that. And then even then, you know, um, it's gonna be tough for somebody to pull the trigger on taking down Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, even with that. So I think you're right on that, unfortunately, because I think she did know this is, this is something that, you know, is authorized and planned, and it shows you the level of deception that these campaigns are willing to undertake. Now, um, Durham, U.S. attorney, special investigator, works for Merrick Garland now, appointed by Bill Barr, but Garland's the attorney general. Garland, I don't think, has any heart for this, right? Right. I, you know, I think he... He unfortunately probably felt like he needed to allow this. Now I'm being told by you know my colleagues in the Department of Justice that uh, Garland has indicated to those inside the Department of Justice he's going to let this see you know see its way through and let Durham finish his investigation. We'll see if that's the case. Is if well, he good. climbs the ladder on the campaign? Yep, that's I, good. I think he has to because if you kill it now, then you get into Richard Nixon territory, firing people who. Are getting That's right. real close to the truth. <laughs> uh, final question. The corruption involved here, I stayed in a column. If it comes out that the Clinton campaign, with or without Hillary's knowledge, did this, I think it would be one of the most corrupt things that's ever happened in American politics. Trying to subvert a presidential rival, and then it carried on over through when Trump was elected, it didn't stop. Uh, and they used it to try to hammer him in his first year. And 
It's an enormous scandal. Do you hear about it on the uh, on the nightly news, Brett? You do not hear about it and you don't hear people trying to connect the dots or even articulating that the, the reason this is such a big scandal and you're right about that, Bill, is it involved the highest levels of government as well. You had use by the FBI of FISA warrants when they knew they didn't have credible information to base them on. You had Comey and others briefing uh, Obama and Biden at the time. You had intelligence community that also had to participate. So th th there is nothing like this in our history. No. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you're pointing it out. Yeah, I mean, it really is big. All right, Brett, stay on it. You get anything uh, on the inside, let us know. We really appreciate it. Stay well out there in you Utah. Bet. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Putin. Now, Putin is uh, causing trouble. And this is going to be a centerpiece in my history tour with Donald Trump. So he senses that Biden's weak. And he senses that the United States has no will for confrontation anywhere, which is probably true. Tomorrow, I'll have an expert on China, probably the smartest guy in the country, on China right here. And I could be wrong, but Putin's massing troops on Ukraine. So why? Why is he going to all that trouble? Uh, he's got 90,000 now, another 10 gonna come. And then what he's done is that he's made it easy for so-called migrants from the Middle East, Iraq and other places, to come on up through the Balkans and mass on the Polish border in a country called Belarus. Now, Belarus is the closest ally to Russia. Putin's doing this because he wants to destabilize Poland. He wants what we have, chaos at the border. Now, Poland has a wall, okay, but it can be torn down. So Putin has expedited all of these people up to Poland, and there's thousands of them, including a lot of kids, and you know, they're freezing. And he is going, all right, what are you going to do about it? Without Putin's help and assistance, this could never happen. So on two fronts, Poland and Ukraine, he's pricking the United States and NATO. So we're not going to speculate. We're going to watch it. I think that's a fair thing to do. Um, COVID thing never goes away. You know, it just I mean, I was reading an article on our uh, 
partner Daily Chatter. They are the foreign news that we partnered up with. In Romania, it's just like they don't know where to put the bodies because the Romanians won't get vaxxed. So they're dying at an unbelievable clip. Germany, too. Austria, if you're not vaxxed, you can't go out of the house. This thing never goes away. So three in five Americans, according to one poll, are banning unvaccinated relatives from family gatherings. Now, are you doing that? I, I would do it. I would do it. And I, I don't want to do it. But I don't want somebody coming into the house unvaccinated with a bunch of kids and people floating around. So three and five, 67%, that's a lot. So now we're getting a personal touch here on the divisions in America. The other thing is that 38% of Americans are concerned about contracting COVID over the holidays. And the problem is that the initial wave of the vax is wearing off. So you got to get booster to bring it back to 90% effectiveness. And it's happening, but it's not happening with lightning speed. So a lot of people, they're worried because they're going to be in close proximity to other people. And I know tons of people absolutely frightened to do anything because of COVID. It's incredible how powerful that disease is. Okay, here's the final thought. It's an easy one. You got to get away from the madness. You know, there's a lot of political intensity here. The country's not in a good place. It's not. So the reason I've set up BillOReilly.com is because it's one-stop shopping. You don't have to watch all the propaganda on uh, television. All right? Now, if you want to, sure, go ahead. But it gives me a headache, and it makes me depressed sometimes. I'm I'm going, what is this? Here, it's fact-based. Here's what's going on. If you check with, in with us every two days or so, you'll know what's going on. And, uh, it, and it, we have it all organized for you. It's such a good convenience to have it. You stay on top of the news. Stay on top of what's happening. Don't get caught with uh, no turkeys, okay? But at the same time, you don't have a massive migraine. So this weekend, I'm going to get some fresh air. I'm telling you, I'm going out, look at the leaves. Leaves are still changing. It's crazy here in the Northeast. But you got to get away sometimes. You have to get away.